This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $700 on ceiling. Talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today. Mattress Firm. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. We're going to talk about the transfer window because it's been interesting what Fulham have done and what they have not done. That's going to be the focus. Are you glass half full or half empty with Fulham's transfer window so far? First, before we do anything else, I have to welcome everyone to the show. First, Emilio, how you doing? Hello there, Russ. Hello, Gordon. Rob, um, yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, summer's flying by. You know, they've already, what, two weeks away from the beginning of the new season. It doesn't seem like, doesn't seem real, does it? It was only... Yesterday, we were celebrating the championship promotion, a 7-0 win against Luton. Here we go, you know, fortnight away from the start of a potentially another difficult campaign. But look, it's, we've got to stay positive. We've just won a very good friendly today. You we know, did. Be honest, it's a team who you could argue that we should be aspiring against. A mid-table team last year, I think that's the rule. I think they finished mid-table, didn't they, in the, in the Portuguese league? So, you know, no mean feat to go there and win 3-1 after that, you know, you know, we got thumped good and proper at Benfica last weekend, but put that aside for a moment. I think we've got a couple of good victories in between you know, either side of that. And, you know, hopefully a few more signings in the next few weeks and maybe we'll start getting our, getting some rhythm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the show with these guys today. It should be fun. Gordon, welcome back to the show. And uh, listen, I look forward to you being uh, on my side against Emilio as it always works. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> Cheers, Russ. It's nice to be back. And it, as you just said, sort of, it only seems like a, a couple of weeks ago yeah. where everybody is celebrating that uh, yeah. we've got promotion, we've won the championship, uh, and we're going up. And oh, wow, it, it, it seems to come around quicker and quicker these days. Yeah. And uh, it's just, 
when you look at the fixtures, it's just a fantastic way to start the season, Liverpool at home. And I think everybody will be looking forward to that. We're playing one of the best teams in Europe on the first day of the season. So absolutely fantastic to look forward to. And and yes, you did mention it. My glass is half full. Well, so, there we go. Emilio, Emilio, we're waiting for yours. Well, Emilio will share how he feels. We'll go, go around the table before we do that. Rob, how are you doing? I know you're looking forward to doing the show. And Rob actually was in Portugal, so maybe he can share some details on his thoughts on that. How are you doing, Rob? Yeah, good evening, Ross, Emilio, and, and, and Gordon. Yes, uh, yeah, I was there last weekend seeing uh, seeing the lads play live against Nice and, and Benfica. Obviously, two different contrasting games. Um, the Saturday game against Nice, we were pretty comfortable, even though it was a sort of, sort of semi-reserve side. Um, to play in Benfica the next night and getting absolutely spanked good and proper in that first 30 minutes. Again, off air discussing with Gordon and Russ yourself there saying, yep. you know, we were playing against a Champions League side, but, you know, I know it was only a pre-season game, but wow, were they so good and we had a full strength side out. Uh, and as Gordon alluded to just not long ago, it was probably more of a uh, a workout and exercise for us off the right. ball, you know, to get, get some... So get your lungs capacity up to sort of speed, ready for the first game against Liverpool, because it would be no different against them. Uh, we'll be without the ball a lot this season. Um, so, yeah, um, to bounce back today, I've not seen the game uh, today myself. I've just seen highlights in the last sort of half an hour. But it's a morale-boosting win. And as Emilio said there, it was, you know, they're a half-decent side. So, you right. know, to get 3-1, Mitro get a couple of goals, it'll give them a little yeah. bit of confidence coming into the next game against Villarreal. But, um, you know, preseason is all about fitness and getting players acclimatized. And the new players came in. We will discuss the transfers, I'm sure, at some stage. I'll, Absolutely, I won't, go, I won't go into my thoughts on on the three that have already signed. But um, rest assured, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with uh, at least one of them. Okay, and we're going to talk about that, <clears throat> Rob. We're going to go through all of the signings, and we're going to talk about what form have and have not done. But I want to go back to you. Gordon, and I just want to mention before we go on, please do subscribe on YouTube. We're going to be doing a lot of live shows and an easy way to watch us live to get alerts is to subscribe on YouTube. So please do subscribe. And Gordon, I want to go back to you because you've already mentioned this. You already talked about fitness. I think this is important because I've watched all the friendlies so far. And you could talk about other sports as well. It is about getting fit. And I watched the Nice match. It was a lot of younger players, and then, you know, basically cameos for many of the first-team players. And, yes, they got trounced against Benfica. It was terrible. It was horrible to watch. But they were going against the side that went pretty far in the Champions League that is pretty intact, and you have a, a club just coming together. So I looked at it. You know, I'm trying not to read too much positively or negatively into any of these matches and trying to look into – individual situations, individual players. I'm curious your thoughts on this because, again, it's easy to read too much positive or negative into results and to these friendlies. Yeah. I've always been one to look at preseason friendlies, even when I was playing with Rob and you're going out and sometimes we had three, four, five, six games before the season started. Um, and I always used to look at them, yes, from a goal scorer's point of view, you want to be hitting the back of the net, get your confidence going uh, fairly uh, early on. But um, when, when you're looking at the teams now, then 
yes, we're playing better opposition than possibly uh, the teams that Rob and I played against, but it was purely um, a fitness session. And you you could put in the work in in 45 minutes, still feel good, you want to stay on, and the manager brings you off because he thinks you've done enough in that 45 minutes. So I I never look at pre-season friendlies, no matter who we're playing, with regards to what the result is. It it doesn't really matter. We could have beaten Benfica 4-0 and everybody would have been uh, at at the top of uh, the the positivity league uh, that we're in. And you you then come up against Liverpool and you lose 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. So pre-season friendlies don't mean a thing to me, the results, um, apart from trying to play well, as Rob mentioned, getting the new players into the system to understand how Marco Silva wants them to play. Right. And it might be slightly different to the way that they've played at their previous club. So it's getting to know your players, getting getting fitness uh, under your belt, because even when the season starts, and we'll prob- Rob and I will probably say this as well um, uh, later on, is that it'll still take you four, five, six games to get your full match fitness in the Premier League. So don't be surprised after an hour if, if there's been two or three, four changes uh, with with sort of the players or the or the starting eleven, uh, even in the first four, five, six games of the season. But it it's all about getting that understanding and getting that fitness. Because uh, yes, you want to hit the ground running, you want to get results under your belt. And as I mentioned off air, uh, Mitrovic has started hitting the back of the net, but he's getting a different supply uh, from right. some of the players that are that are coming in and from the team selections. So that's one positive that I take from it is that. He scored, I think, three is it three headers that he's got in yes. the two games. Yes. So um, at least it seems as though we're getting more crosses in, even though the the the, the goals tonight were from corners. But right. as Rob mentioned earlier, you look at our set pieces over the last couple of seasons, and really they've been woeful. And I had a little bit of go at, at Tosin uh, when we interviewed him in hospitality, and I said, "How many goals have you scored for the club?" Um, and he said, "Well, none." And I said, well, come on. I said, get on the end of some corners. And then I think the following week, he scored his first goal for the club. He did, I remember. But we've we've been poor off set pieces. But if we start getting quality crosses in, and I've mentioned the word that Mitro is living off scraps, if we get those crosses in, he won't be far away from bagging another hat full this season. See, Hmm. I totally agree with that. Again, uh, it's interesting that we're focusing on that to begin with, and we'll talk about, how you're feeling, but Rob, I want to get your thoughts because you were talking to me off air a little bit of, about this. And I'm glad that Gordon brought up talking about Metro and because a big topic is going to be how many goals is he going to score? Well, if you give him the service like this, not just on set pieces, but on crosses as well, I'm convinced he's going to score goals in the premier league, Rob. And this is very encouraging because they have struggled on set pieces. And I think that, they have taken some gigantic steps forward, and they did this against Benfica as well. We could talk about who they play today, but they also did this against Benfica. They Again, the crosses from Pereira and also from Harry Wilson have been spot on. Yeah, yeah, and uh, as we know from last season, the, the, the set pieces improved dramatically from the previous course, seasons. Right. Yep. Um, and and with the quality of Harry, another season under his belt from last season, you know, I think he knows how Mitro likes to play and his runs. I think Pereira, what I've seen already in, 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 in sort of the game, I saw him last week, he's going to provide different types. He's going to, 
he ain't going to replace Cavalier, but he's going to he's going to be a, a, an added incentive in there to sort of stay in the side. Um, obviously, on the fl- uh, on the side of Solomon, I mean, we all know he's signed; he can't yep. start till the first of August. You know, I think he's going to bring something to the table. Um, mm. Hopefully, mm. then there's going to be another two or three in the in the pipeline. But you know, I, I like the look of us, uh, as Gordon says. Results to me, I wasn't disappointed last week. I was sitting with a few fans who were who were disappointed, whether they right. were whether they were drunk or not. But you know, at the end of the day, results <laughs> results were you know to me mean nothing. Whether it was against Nice or, or losing like Benfica, like we did, it was you know you got to look at the bigger picture. And I'm sure Marco and all his staff do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today was a nice result. Results are just a confidence booster in 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 in, in uh, preseason. You could win all your preseason games, and as Gordon said, you could get spanked against Liverpool first game of season four or five, and and all them four or five results that you've had previously mean nothing. So <clears> it's <throat> all about the minutes. It'll all be about the technical and the fitness staff, what the lads are doing in 45, 50, 60 minutes in a game. It's a little bit more intense than a normal training because the lads are training hard. I know from right. first hand, I've been speaking to Tom, and they are they're having sort of two or three sessions a day over there, and they, you know it's not a jolly up. So they are really working hard behind the scenes. So you know, it, it was an eye opener to get to get a little bit of a tonking last week. But as we've already touched on, Benfica are a Champions League side, and Absolutely. they were actually quality live to watch their movement off the ball was phenomenal. And honestly, I'm glad that you said that, Rob, because I think if we focus everything on form, we, we're not giving any credit to Benfica. They looked like in mid-season form from mm. the get-go, and I think you have to put that into consideration and then fans will come back to me and say, well, how about Liverpool? I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Obviously we're opening up against Liverpool, but let's take it for what it's worth. And we're going to talk about, like I said, the signings and <clears> how <throat> we feel. And Emilio, I'm going to give you first crack at this. Are you glass half full or half empty with Holmes transfer window so far? But before we do that, I'm actually going to share the results of a poll I did. Okay. So I'm going to share this. I'm still getting used to, to uh, sharing my screen. So guys bear with me, but I am going to share something with you guys. And uh, let's see, here we go. I'm going to share it. And here are the results of the poll that I just did. The question was, are you glass half full or half empty with phones transfer window so far? Half full was at 33.8%, half empty, 47.3%, completely full. I'm not there, by the way, Emilio, 1.9%. I was going to say, is that you voting there? No, that's not me. That's not me. Completely Empty was at 16.9%. Okay. So I'm now going to go to you, Emilio. Where do you fall on this? You know, I think you can guess where I'm going to be there. And look, two weeks before the new season started. Shocker, Gordon. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the whole world falls apart. No. Look, we've got Liverpool a couple of weeks' time. We've only got two formal signs. I know we've got Solomon starting on the, you know, the first of the first of August, but to be honest. I would have liked to have seen a couple more additions, actually. I would like to have seen a new goalkeeper in place today. Rodek had a bit of a shocker first half. We know he needs replacing, yet we're still, we're still skirting around the edges. Pay Arsenal what they want, get Leno, and we move on. That's one deal off the table. It just feels like we're staggering, trying to negotiate. I know it, pre-season is a level playing field. We're all, we've all had a rest. We're all coming back from, from pre-season. Everyone's rusty, overweight. So that's one consistent factor. So like, I agree with what the guys have said. You know, Whether you win 4-0 or lose 4-0, it's a level playing field going into these preseason friendlies. But right. I'd like to have seen just a couple more signings there. A goalkeeper, we're on the verge of signing a keeper. Why just we just can't make it happen and just get that over the line? That would have given us a bit more confidence from the back. And possibly get an obviously get a defender. We clearly need 
probably two central defenders, one as a minimum starter and one as a backup. But we've been talking about this for three, three months now. We need six starting 11 players for the Premier League, not six squad players, six starting them. We've got two. Salomon make it three, a goalkeeper four, and a couple of defenders six. So, look, we're not a million miles away from where we need to be. The problem is a bit no. of the timing. Is a thing. It's we had the these, timing. We it's had these the couple timing, weeks ago. We could have moulded them into the last... Because these are tough matches. You know, Benfica away, Nice and no mugs. Estriol, like we said, off the mid-table. Yeah. Villarreal got to the semi-finals of the Champions League last season. So these teams are no mugs. So they're going to hurt us. They're going to stretch us. So, but let's not forget, Liverpool's a free hospital, free pass, really, isn't it? You know, whether we get anything out of it. Let's focus on the Wolves game. We've got three weeks to get to the Wolves game. And then you've got a tough couple of home games before the end of the month. There's seven points there that we need to be targeting. So let's get three more good signings in there. So I'm, I'm half yeah. empty. But if we get another signing, like you said, potentially another right back tomorrow, yep. get the goalkeeper the next few days, then I'm more into going up the table rather than that low, the glass <laughs> lower. But at the moment, based on today's facts, I'm still disappointed with that where we are. We're not learning from our mistakes from the last two promotions. Okay, fair enough, Emilio. And I've got some topics to go off of this beginning subject matter. And in the second half of the show, we're going to go through the signings. But I want to focus on where we are right now. Rob, I'll go to you. Where do you fall on this? Are you... Half full, half empty, completely full, completely empty. I did vote on that and on, okay. on Twitter, I, and I, I, I'm half full. Half um, full. I, I'm half full, but I'm, I'm half full because I'm a positive guy. And uh, <laughs> but I, I understand everything that Emilio's just said there. I agree with what Emilio's yeah, talking about. I, too, I, yeah. I, I, and again, we've discussed off air. I'm disappointed we've not got a, a goalkeeper and at least one centre half. You know, two weeks ago before the Liverpool game, and we all know that. And we all could discuss for the next hour the the downfalls of why haven't we learned from the past two two promotions in the last four years? You know, with two weeks ago, I like to get signings in early so they can blend in with the lads. Ten days in, in Portugal for a new player, which is a nice time to get to know players. Mm-hmm. So, so Polini and Solomon in the background, obviously, and Pereira, it's nice for them. But anyone who comes in now a week before the, or two weeks before the first game of Liverpool, you know, that's hard for them to hit the yeah. ground running. And it's going to take them three, four, five games before we really see them understanding how we want to play. So as much as it's half full, and I'll always say it's half full, I I, I would have liked at least one. I definitely would have liked a keeper and I definitely would have liked to send a <coughs> uh, player in with us at the moment. And, and I totally mm. agree with Emilio that we do need six starting players and we've only got three at this stage. I t- agree with Emilio on that. I agree with you, Rob. Dare I say, I still want at least two center backs. And again, mm-hmm. nothing against the toast, and I want yeah. competition. So I want two, but, you know, again, beggars can't be choosers right now. I We need one dominant center back at the level of Joachim Anderson. That's what I want. I want a Joachim Anderson type to come in here, and they have not done that. And I understand why Emilio feels the way that he does. Of course, a goalkeeper is a must as well. So I'm there with him. But, um, you know, I'll share my view where I am on that. But I'm going to go to Mr. Positivity, Gordon Davis. So, Gordon, where are you on all this? Um, again, as Rob said, I'm, I'm always half full because I'm looking at uh, the, the overall picture of where we are at, at present. To me, it doesn't bother me if, if we haven't got a centre-half and a keeper in at the moment because at least we're, we're discussing or we're discussing with teams the possibilities of getting people in. Um, and yes, people are going to play 
uh, hardball with us. And it's like Leno, Leno at Arsenal. Right. Arsenal are probably asking too much money, hoping that we're just going to pay out the money uh, to get him off their wage bill. So um, I think it. I think it will happen, whether it's him or we've been linked. I believe now with an Italian goalkeeper. So at the end of last season, we've or since the end of last season, we've probably been linked uh, on on the internet with I don't know twenty five players. And you don't know what is right or what is wrong, what's going on, what's not going on. Um, and you're just waiting to uh, finally see on, on the Fulham website who, who we've signed. Yes, we know that one or two were coming in. Solomon has taken a, a, a while. Um, uh, but just looking at his ability, um, he could well fit into the Carvalho situation in, in a number 10. Um, my idea of not bringing uh, a second centre-half in, uh, is, is only because of the fact that if we are playing well and Mitrovic gets injured, we haven't got an ideal replacement for him. So That's good I'd point. be going down the route of a centre-forward, okay. a centre-half and a goalkeeper that we need before, Those are your priorities. before the season starts. Okay. But um, yeah, um, it, it's, it's a shame that we haven't got a few more in, but from what I'm led to believe, there are going to be another two or three signings before the season starts. If that is, we sign someone the two, three, four days before Liverpool and, and they start, then, as Emilio said, Liverpool is a free pass. So if he is already of the uh, idea that Liverpool are going to beat us, does it matter whether we bring two or three players into that starting team two days before the game? So you you never know how that first game is going to go because Liverpool will be odds on favourites to, to beat us. And if we have got the right 11 out there, then you just never know. So yeah, I'm half, half glass full and not half glass empty. Okay. And I'm with you and Rob, I'm not completely full. People probably think I am, but I'm not, I'm actually glass half full, but Gordon, you actually brought up our next topic by what you were just talking about because a big argument right now is have Fulham left it too late. So based on what you just said, Gordon, it doesn't sound like you feel it's been left too late. And Rob, I want I want to get your thoughts on this because are we saying that if we look at Liverpool and call it a, a free pass, you know, the Liverpool match, does that give us a, an extra week? Even Emilio said, concentrating more on Wolves to get players in. I don't think they've left it too late if we look at the Wolves match as the match where we need more players in. Is that the way we should be looking at it? Or should we think that maybe they have left it too late? I don't think they have. Yeah, no, well, in principle, they probably have left it too late in terms of getting them in for the Liverpool game. But yeah, right. if we're all of the same opinion that we think the Liverpool games are free it, then yeah, technically we've got three weeks to... Um, but I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Marco and his team behind the scenes have been working. We've all seen the rumours daily, weekly of who we're after, who we're not after. Um, you know, in the last sort of four or five weeks, it, as we're all of the same opinion, we're all disappointed. We're only sitting here today with two weeks ago. We've only got three technically uh, new signings, which we all know we needed at least six. So uh, I'm sure that the, the team are working tirelessly behind the scenes. You know, whether it's wages, whether it's 
transfer fees, whether it's, it's FFP or, you know, uh, whether it's Tony Khan's input again, you know, no one's, obviously he's took a backward step in the last sort of 12 months in terms of media, social media, um, rightly or wrongly, he's still getting lambasted on Twitter um, because of, 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 you know, the lack of signings that we are. Right. Um, so, I'm sure, you know, the extra week might help us. You know, as I said, we're we all expecting a free hit against Liverpool. But I wouldn't want to think that realistically. If I was Marco, I'm sure he's banging the door down as a sporting director. Oh, I'm sure. All the scouting team saying, listen, I need him in here as soon as possible. Forget whether we think we've got an extra week. And they, that conversation between that sort of hierarchy wouldn't even come into play what we're having here. Because okay. it, it would be, it would totally be dismissed that there's no way we're planning a season thinking we're going into, you know, losing the first game. But it'd be all right because we'll have two new players into the week building up to the to the Wolves game. But yeah, it's it, it, as we all know. But that you could be like Forest or, or or other teams that are buying lots of players and, and and for high value wages or money, and you know we're going to be better than them. But that are the so called teams that are buying more players than us. I just think our timing's not being precise, you know what I mean? We, we're all a little bit a bit impatient, I think. Um, but I'm pretty confident in the end we'll get the right players at the right price and the right player for, for Marco's teams. I agree with that, Rob. And over to you, Emilio. And I'm going to share this from our friend Steve Lidge, the co-host. He's chiming in on this. Why is Liverpool a free pass? This is why other clubs like us Spring surprises and we don't. Well, that's not true. We've actually we we beat no, Liverpool. We beat, we beat Liverpool we beat the Premier League Liverpool. years ago. So, look, at the end of the day, we're, it's a, I've said before, it's a level playing field. You know, we're not we're in the same boat as every other club pre-season trying to buy new players. I look at some of the other clubs. You know, some some other teams have been particularly quiet in transfer. It certainly really seems to be Newcastle and and Forest, so teams you know who've really started spending millions and, and going out there gung ho, you know, early on and paying stupid wages, but. And we, we made that mistake four years ago and didn't pay That's off. That's right. Two years ago, maybe left it too late. I still, you know, I keep saying it. That squad we had two years ago under Marco Silva probably would have kept us up. And that's what we have to try to emulate, trying to get the, that right level of quality. There was a lot of international experience in that squad a couple of years ago. That's what we've got to do. And Marco Silva, I agree with Rob, he would be banging the drum 24 hours a day to Ali Mack. More probably to Ali Mack. I think he's probably got a lot to... to to be blamed for here. Again, he's trying to balance the books and our financial position isn't the most healthy in the world. So it's easy for us to keep saying, pay these wages here, pay those fees there. But clearly we've got to balance the books here. You know, I'm not an FFP, you know, expert is, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch on that subject, but clearly if it's, if we want Leno, but we're struggling paying an extra million or two, there's probably a financial reason why we're not doing it. And this yeah, is, definitely. We, you know, that's what we need. Probably like Mike Gregg here, who's more of an expert on FFP, but yep. So it's easy for us to say we're not paying the right players. You know, Jesse Lingard, would we want to bring a you know good player? Would have hit done well for Fulham. But, but he's what, on huge wages, Emil. What would that have done to the squad when everyone else knows he's on 150 grand a week? And yeah. he's there, that's not good for morale and confidence. So no. I see what the owners are trying to do. Level playing field, trying to get a good balance of players. It's gonna take time. Yep. And that's why so as I said, if we just had the keeper, which I think was in within our own control, and we've sort of struggled to negotiate with Arsenal and get another centre-back, then I think I would have been more of a glass-half-full because we would have had good five or six players ready for that Liverpool game and beyond. But at the moment, we're still trying to struggle, you know, just signing the checkbook and say, here you go, make that transfer right. final and moving on. And we've only got, what, one more game before Liverpool against Villarreal, which will be a good test. It'll be but a very we'll good test. 
probably been playing broadly the same starting eleven as this week. As today's I think so. Israel, broadly, because that's in, in, this, in his Marcus Silva's eyes, who else has he got? So he's now signed to build a bit of confidence, build the team around the Estoril starting eleven, and then hopefully a couple of additions may squeeze in for that game or for Liverpool. But like Rob said and Corbin said, okay, we've only got one game left to play. And let's, don't be surprised, we'll see, obviously, see a lot of substitutions against Liverpool because we've got right. five substitutions. Also, again, that gives us an opportunity, win or lose, to start bringing some of these new players <laughs> the game time. So Wolves, for me, Wolves and Brentford, those two back-to-back games, we've got to be ready for those two because those are the games, if we were mid-season, we want to be grabbing minimum four points, if not more. I totally agree there. And before we move on, I want to share this is for Gordon. This is from Chris Davidson. Gordon Davis, the legend, talking sense. I agree with that, but I'm, you know, again, I'm on Gordon's wavelength. So, Chris, I agree with you on that. Okay, guys, we've already been kind of talking about this, but let's get into it a little bit deeper because uh, the needs. What is the biggest need right now? Is it goalkeeper? Is it center back? Rob, I'll give you first crack at this. We've talked about it. What is the biggest need right now? What is the... Who again? We have heard that they are getting a right back in, so we could put that aside. Is it goalkeeper? Is it center back? Which is more important right now for the beginning of the season? For me, it's center back. Okay, um, because it has to get past the center back before it reaches the keeper, in my <laughs> eyes. Um, yeah. So yeah, at least one center back, as we've alluded to earlier. Too, I, I'll give Tossing the benefit of the doubt. I think he could step up to the plate this year mm-hmm. in the Premier. I think he can too. I think he uh, can I've too. seen enough in him, you know, to he has got the quality there. And I think if he's got a leader, as you you mentioned earlier, Russ, if yes. he's got a leader alongside him, I think he will blossom this season into a, a, a real good ball playing centre half and his defensive frailties, which he has done last season. Um, I think they'll be cut out less if he's playing alongside someone who's a little bit more commanding. So yeah, for me it has to be centre back is his priority. Okay, and Rob, you and I were talking about this. And listen, you and I both have so much respect for Tim Ream. We do. We, we both have so much for him. In fact, I understand why the club brought him back. It, but again, you do not want Tim Ream, and again, this is not a slight on him, to be playing starting against Liverpool, Rob. And that's why I understand why you went at, for center back. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, and, and we all know Tim, you know, last season he was probably our most... Um, best player in terms of regular eight out of 10 every week because lots of them were up and down and and rightly so he deservedly got another year's contract at his age but we all said at the last game of the season there's no way that Tim Ream will start many games next year in the premiership never mind the first game against Liverpool and with two weeks to go he's looking mm-hmm. like he's in the box seat at the moment because we obviously haven't got anyone else but right no I, I I'm sure deep down Tim would would know that he was only going to be a bit part player this year, but you know he will he, he will play some part. I'm sure through many games, not so much Premiership games. It may be cup games, FA right. Cup, Carling Cup. But he yeah. has a role. I believe yeah, he has. He's, a role. he's an ambassador. He's a leader. He's, exactly. He's great with the youngsters. He's good in the media, in social media. He's a club man. We've all been there and done it. He is a you know he is that he's that high, highly thought of by every member of the staff at Fulham. So he rightly got his contract, but. I'm sure deep down he he'd be he'd be worried if he was starting against Nunes first game of the season. Oh. Oh. Uh, and, and I think pace. that's why we're concerned, Robin. I'm glad that we're talking a little bit about it and giving him the respect that he deserves. I think of the same way of Kevin McDonald. When Kevin McDonald 
was playing in the Premier League, I'm thinking he just doesn't have the legs anymore, Rob. But I wanted him there. I wanted his leadership there, similar to Tim Ream. I want his leadership there, and I think he'll help Fulham a great deal. I just don't want to see him starting against Liverpool and playing the Premier League. And I don't think I'm one that uh, person that feels that way. I, th- I think that's pretty. You know, again, I think most Fulham supporters would agree with me on that. Over to you, Gordon. Where do you fall on this? And again, I I know that you also want a backup striker for Mitro, and I agree with you on that. But needs, if you're looking at the beginning of the season, is it goalkeeper? Is it center back? Is it a fullback? I've I've got to go along with with Rob on this one. Uh, Center back, definitely, because although Emilio said that um, uh, Rodak had a bit of a sinker, he's not up to... Premier League level, um, it, it's a situation where if you've got confidence in your back four, then the, the, the keeper can come and get crosses. Not that that many crosses come into the box these days. So a lot of it is played on the floor. So a, a centre-back, yes, I, I'd go along with Rob. Um, obviously not knowing we've, we've brought some defenders in, mainly in the press has been linked sort of right-back or left-back. But I, I don't know whether Marco Silva is looking at uh, a quicker five, ten, six foot right back to come, for instance, to come back in and play as a centre half. Because, uh, yeah, Tim's going to get caught out with, especially when you're playing Liverpool, Tim's going to probably get caught out with those little one twos around the corner. Right. Um, and he's a bit slow on turning, um, or if it's over the top, he's not going to get on, on, onto somebody catching them up. Uh, who's got a couple of yards uh, race on him. So um, not knowing what the these defensive players are like, and if if I know that he's not played that system, would we even contemplate going to five at the back for the Liverpool game and having two attacking wide men? Right. Um, so you're leaving somebody like Harry Wilson out, but playing a a right wing back or we play a left wing back and see how that goes against the Liverpool team. So it's, it's difficult to know what, what team and what system he's going to play at the beginning of the season. You tend to think that managers who have a way of playing are going to play that system no matter what. And then if that system is not going well after four, five, six games, they, they may change the system or they may change the personnel. So Definitely a, a, a centre-back. Uh, my concern is, I know we can put players up front and we've still got Muniz uh, as a replacement for Mitrovic if he does get uh, a bit of lack of form or injured. Um, but closely followed on that centre-back situation uh, is a, is another striker. And I know okay. we, we've, uh, we've not sort of uh, spoken about that, but if you're going to spend money out, you're going to pay through the nose for a striker. And as Emilio said, we... As far as uh, FFP, we might be uh, struggling with transfer fees or wages to bring someone else in. So, right. But centre back, definitely. Okay. I want to go back to you on the backup striker. And uh, the Mooney situation is interesting because I read speculation that Middlesbrough want him, but Fulham would want to bring in a player before I get into speculation. But I want to ask you about another player that's been in the Fulham system for a while. And I don't know if he's ready for the move. How about Jay Stansfield, Gordon? I don't know if you had a chance to watch him. Um, not not really, unless he's been sort of having a run out in the first team. But I, I remember saying on, on, on the show last year that he was somebody, after seeing the goal that he scored against Birmingham, 
where he's got the ball, he's cut across the edge of the box and literally whipped it back from the from the edge of the, the right-hand side of the D into the top left-hand corner of the net. He is a player that I want to see more of. I and agree with this. Whether, whether it's this season that he gets a bit of a run in the team or at least some minutes under his belt, mm. the, the lad is quick. Uh, he's he's technically he's good, and at the end of the day, he can Giannis score goals. Giannis was chiming in that he was decent today. I would yeah, agree with you Giannis can't, on that. You can't teach people how to score goals. They either, they either have a knack or or they don't. Um, and he certainly has a knack for uh, getting into the area, putting the ball in the back of the net. And it could well be that what Marco's seen, excuse me, at the beginning of the season, he may well be in not in the starting lineup, but he could well be in the squad um, as. Emilio said with five subs this year, right. he could well be in the squad for yeah. coming on for the last 15, 20, 25 minutes of a game yeah. if we're chasing a, chasing a goal or two. And that will play to our advantage because I think some of these players who may be on the bench historically with only three subs, now you've got that bit of flexibility. So you can mm-hmm. sort of you know, muscle themselves into the, you know, into, the, into the last 10, 15 minutes. Whether you're losing 3-0, put Stansfield on, see if he can make a difference. Right, exactly, Emilio. I was disappointed, like Gordon says, you know, last season, I think we had plenty of opportunities to just put him on the bench, try something a little bit different. Sure. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he was injured, wasn't he, for about four or five months. Yeah, at least four months out. Yeah, he was last year, yeah. So hopefully we'll see see more of him this season. But, you know, I think we're still those three key players. You know, for me, centre-backs, I agree with the the guys. That's our priority of the remaining priority signings. Goalkeeper second and striker third. Once those three come in... There were the minimum six I said we needed. We needed, you know, needed a, you know, a Pereira, I think, is a good addition. Paulinho, we needed a, you know, a perfect role. Salomon's yep. going to be good, I think, as well. And then get these three. It's easier said than done, like I've said, but it's, we need a minimum of another three. And then you, I think Chris Davidson said, so then we can worry about getting more squad players. But right. get these three key we need players. starters to begin with. Starters, Absolutely, you know, Emilio. Absolutely. Back, keeper and striker in that order for me. And then I think we'll, we've got a reasonably good, good squad. Deckard Reed, you know, he's not everyone's favourite, but he can still play a role for half an hour, you know, coming on as a substitute. You know, he's still got, you know, Cavalera, I'm not going to mention his name, but look, we've got some players on the squad there who can play. <laughs> it's in dark heart. Right. It's still you there. Know, so, so let's, uh, a lot of players are going to go on, out on loan, bear that yeah, in mind. Sure. Well. So as we get more players in, the Cavaleros and knockouts, they'll all be shipped, they'll all be shipped out, hopefully for good. And then we start to have a more core nucleus, but it's, it's going to take time. We've still got to the end of August. Right. Another six weeks to to get a squad there that can keep us in the Premier League next season, and then that's the key thing: it's about staying in the Premier League. It's not about finishing top half, get seventeenth place, and we push on the season after. But psychologically, we've got to get over this yo-yo, you know, barrier. One year you're up, next year you're down. I think we've got the right manager. Albeit, I still question the last three months of last season. I think I'm still a bit annoyed that we didn't get a hundred points on the board. So again, I'm, I'd like to see how he's learning from. Let's be realistic. You know, our form from February to the end of the season wasn't good enough with, with a squad that was playing particularly well. So he's got a lot. He's still got a bit to learn as well. So let's just see. He needs the right players, the right squad, the right depth, and you know, hopefully we'll have a chance to stay up next season. Okay, excellent, Emilio. One final topic before we talk about the players who have joined Fulham and one that's potentially going to be joining Fulham. Let's start here, my friend. Bat, right back to you. Here's a question that I've been asking on Twitter. Because I think this is when people are talking about leaving it late, we need players in, blah, blah, blah. I'm asking the question, Amelia, would you take a lesser player now to get him in? 
or continue to try to get a higher quality player, even if it takes us further into the window. I know this is an interesting situation, especially with center back. Would you take a lesser player? I'm going to use this player as an example because I didn't want Ben Mee coming to full. People have been suggesting Ben Mee. I think Ben Mee is past it. I would rather wait for the ideal, like I have mentioned, a Joachim Anderson type player. That's what I want. I would not settle for a lesser player, Emilio. Where do you fall on this? No, I'm the same, to be honest. I think we've got average players who can play. That's what I'm mean, talking why about. Why get more average? Why, why create more of higher wage but getting more average players? You know, you've got your left-back positions. Both are not the best in the world. Why get another average left-back? You've already got two average there to play with. So, for me, it's continue to focus on getting those sort of stronger players. I agree. I think we've said for a year we need to get an international Center half who can absolutely command and coach Tosin because you know, Yoke Anderson. I think Tosin, that's key. A couple of years ago, we're you know, we're one of the best defenses in the division. Well, yeah, we got relegated because we didn't score enough goals, but that defense two years ago, that's you know, we weren't getting thumped three, four nil every week, so we, we had something there. So if we get another international defender alongside him, then I think we've got a foundation there to to play from the back and build on build on that shape and that Silver wants us to play. But why add? Why increase the wage bill while getting average players? For me, that's, that's I think that's counterproductive in my opinion, and it will also create panic. You know, that will then right. if we start to see that creeping in, then it creates panic. And I think someone mentioned it earlier as well. It's even harder for us to attract the right players. That's the thing. You know, why would a, you know Gordon, Rob, for example, you know former legends yourselves? There's a stigma there. If you're coming to Fulham, why would you take potentially that risk if you're an international defender or international player? You're, you've got a reputation for getting relegated on a regular basis. What's your attraction of coming to Fulham? So that's going to be the challenge there as well. We, I think right. we shouldn't look that as well. It's easy to say, let's get all these players in. But if you're an individual, would you want to sign up to a team that's maybe at risk of getting relegated? So that's that's a, that's a key consideration for any instance. I don't know, Rob, Gordon, what are your thoughts? There? You know, you've Now we both, we need players of your quality to come into this squad. What would entice you to come to Fulham? How about you, Gordon? There's a club... Uh, yeah. risk of getting relegated has got a poor reputation. I, I, I can certainly understand uh, that um, thought when you're approaching other players to uh, to come to your club because uh, a, a similar thing, not, I can't say happened to me, but when I was at Man City, uh, Leeds wanted to speak to me to, to, to go from Man City to Leeds. And I took a look at um, what they were doing because they were still in the old second division then. And I took a look at what they were doing in the league and looked at their squad of players. And I thought, no, because I don't think that squad of players is going to, to do any good. And if they're not doing any good as a squad of players, then I might not be up there scoring goals. Um, so I decided then to come back to Fulham and try and help them out of the old third division. But it, it does cross sometimes players' minds, and I can totally understand where you're coming from. And the only the only two things that are that are going to get um, players to come to us, forgetting about the relegation side, is one we play in London, and two we're probably yes. going to, and there's no way around this. Probably we're going to offer them more wages than some some other clubs around the globe. So, uh, but it's the plus of it is that they're playing in the Premier League, and these days players or agents put clauses in that if we get relegated, 
then I can move away for a nominal fee or I can move away without any transfer fee. Right. Um, so if you, and I know it's not good for the club, but you've, the, the players that we're signing at the moment, you've used the word in the, before, it's quality in, in, exactly. the, in the question that's up on the screen. Right. And I think all you can do then as a club is put to them that we are signing quality players. That's we're my not point. signing just the average player to keep us up. We are trying to sign quality players on three, four, five-year contracts that we are going to stay in the Premier League for that period of time. And right. it's going to get easier year after year. So it is it is a difficult position to be in. But And I can understand where you're coming from, but that's got to be down to the uh, whoever's discussing with the players. And especially if Marco Silva gets involved, then I think that's probably the best thing. Uh, he can tell them his vision of the club. Right. And he can tell them what he wants from them and how they can improve our team to stay up in the Premier League. Right. But, Gordon, you would agree with me that, and again, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, that I think Fulham need to be focusing on bringing higher quality players. It might take yeah. a little bit. But I think the players that they brought in, and again, listen, only time will tell if they're the quality players that I think that they are. But I think that they're at a higher level than, if you go back to the first time Fulham got promoted recently. Jean-Michael Surrey was the standout. They had Andre Sherrill, but that was a different situation. But it was really yeah. Surrey. And you might have three or maybe more players of higher quality than Surrey that you've already – you got three that might be better than him already. And that, yeah. to me, is a positive sign. That's also why I'm glass half full, Gordon. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you, you look at – even if you just take Surrey as an example, when he was signed – I think everybody thought it was a fantastic signing because right. his name had been linked with Barcelona. And you think, well, if we can sign somebody that Barcelona were looking at, he's got to be a good player. But sometimes those players either don't fit into a system, they don't fit into the style of play, or they just can't settle in a new place. So any any signing is... Um, well, nothing is cast in stone, but any signing right. that you make, you can't guarantee that they are going to be 110% uh, every week, week in, week out, and, and be a, a, a Fulham stalwart in three or four years' time. Sometimes signings just don't work out. Right. And um, as long as people know that, it, mm. it, it, you take what you get then after, uh, after everybody's in the team and the team settles down. Okay, excellent. Rob, over to you. And my argument on this, again, going back to the quality and uh, willing to wait a little bit, I understand the impatience and the season getting closer. I, I get all of that. But I think that they need a quality center back. That's where I'm going to quality goalkeeper. I'm not willing to settle. Now, that might cause a problem. But what if they brought in a lesser center back and then you put him with Tosin? Is that going to work? I don't think that's going to work because I think Tosin needs a true leader next to him. That's where I'm going on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think quality is over uh, quantity or or, or time wise is is a must. And I, I'm sure I don't know for for facts, but I'm sure we have a criteria of three players uh, for each position, and that'll be the number one focus. Let's go after him. If they get backward that he's not interested for wages or moving to London or whatever, then they have to look at the second one. I'm sure when we when we've got promoted in the last season, we already knew what sort of players we were going. And there would have been at least two or three in each position that we would have said, right, 
They're the ones we need to go after. Let's go after them. And we've seen the, the transfer fees of Leno go up. We've seen Nico Williams started at 10 million, we thought, and then eventually goes for 17 million. We probably yeah. pulled out at 12 million because we'd had him for a, half a season and we valued him and what Marco right. thought he was good at and bad at. At 10 million, 12 million, we probably mm-hmm. dropped out of the ball game. And then someone like Forrest, who were who struggling and wanted players in, are paying over the odds and 17 million, which what we did for some of our players two years ago and four years ago right. on transfer deadline day. So that comes back to bite you in the bum in the, eventually in the FFP side a season afterwards. So I think, I think we, we, you know, I'd definitely go for quality. And if it means delaying it an extra week or two, by all means, I, I'd be patient on that. Okay. Now, one centre half I did watch a, a bit up here in Yorkshire was the lad from Chelsea who was on loan at Huddersfield and he's only 19 Coville, I'd, I'd definitely, heard, yeah, yeah, I definitely would like, you know, I, if we were brave enough as the third backup centre half, you know, and he's good enough to play at this level, I think he could be a. Uh, I'm surprised his name's not been win- mentioned with a, you know, he down hasn't, the road. I know. Like him, as a, yeah, so as I say, an experienced centre half, and then I would go after someone like him for for a backup, and he's going to get some game time here and there. But I've seen him live a few times up here, and. The lad's got potential, definitely. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so I, I, I would think he, well, I would hope he must be on the radar with being on our doorstep. Okay, excellent stuff. Thank you so much for that, Robin, Emilio, and Gordon. Okay, coming up next, we're going to talk about the foam signings and one <clears throat> reported foam signing as well. Okay, guys, let's finish up the show. Let's talk about the signings. And Rob and I were talking about this off air before we began. We're going to start with a player that I think is high quality, and that's Jao Polina. So, Rob, I'll go to you first since you and I were talking about this before. Do you think yeah, the signing I'm... of Polina first shows, how, again, how important he is to Marco Silva's plan this season? Yeah, most definitely. And as, as as we've alluded to off air, I saw him live last week and I made a conscious effort, even against Benfica, when we were getting a little bit of a runaround to watch his body language with and without the ball and his physique. And I was mightily impressed by him. He's going to be a colossal. I don't know how he fared up today in his in his game. I've seen his goal he scored, which was a which mm. was a great strike. But I think his physique. I mean, we all know what Harrison Reed brings to the table, whether he's going to be able to do that week in, week out in the premiership, you know, in terms of his physique. I think the size of Polina and what he's got um, and 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 the way he struts, I would say strut in a nice way, the way he struts around and sits in front of the back four, I think this lad's going to be an absolute diamond for us because we make no ends of it. We are going to be under pressure and he's going, That's to, right. he's going to have to sift out a lot of through balls into their strikers in, in, in and whatever two we play in there, whether it's him and Harrison, some games I'm sure Marco will play them too as a, as a holding two. And, and, right. and we've got to be very mindful of what games we're going to try and win this season and what games we're not going to get absolutely spanked, you know? So, uh, but I, I like the look of the lad. Uh, as I say, I watched him, uh, off the ball a lot last week. With and without the ball, he looked very, very astute to me. And I think he's going to be a major signing for us. I totally agree. Emilio, over to you. The reason why I want to bring this to the table, Fulham really went after him. Marco Silva, you could tell, really wanted this player. And it looked like Wolves were going to get him. And then Fulham came in. And I personally thought that uh, Wolves, you know, again, the agent were was using Wolves 
to get the price down for a first player. So, you know, again, really try to get his uh, his player in with Wolves. But no, really, Fulham wanted him badly. And they won this battle to get the player. And I have to tell you that what I've watched so far, and that's why I wanted to start with Rob, even what I watched today, and I know it's a friendly, I think fans are going to love this player. But the reason mm-hmm. why I think he's so important, I think he sets up everything that Silva wants to do. As Rob said, we're not going to have the ball as much, obviously, and you need that protector. Melio, I saw that today, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I think from the little I've seen of him so far, I've only seen him a couple of games, very accomplished, very astute, good vision, good passing, obviously can score a good goal as well. And so I think he's going to add a lot of dimension. I know I was one of the ones who was gutted when Seri went, went, you know, was was left at the end of the season. But clearly it was on a high wage bill. Paninha's come in, younger probably adds a bit more dimension and a bit more to his game than maybe what Serie had to offer. So maybe there's a there's a quality signing there. And Marcus Silva's influence here was quite key. What the Wolves fans were gutted when they didn't get him. And that says something. An established Premier League team determined to play, you know, fight against a you know newly promoted team for a, a play they wanted. The fact that Fulham came on tops is, you know, it's credit to to our you know management team to to get that signing over the line. So I'm I'm very excited. I think he, he's not necessarily the quickest from what I've seen, but no. I think as long as you've got players around him, and like I said, he's got he's big, he's strong. We need mm-hmm. we need you physically strong. Last season, one of our criticisms, one of my criticisms, is we weren't physically strong enough in midfield, in particular. We were very lightweight, you know. Outside from Mitrovic, where was our physique and strength? So again, we need what was quite clear in the Premier League. We need to add a bit more yeah. strength. He brings right. that to the table for what I've seen. Rob, you've seen him in, in person. Yeah, but that's yeah. something that was lacking last season. Yeah. Right. I think one thing to bear in mind as well, you I mean you think Wolves is very much a Portuguese side. You right. Know? Yeah. And I know we've got a Portuguese manager and staff and that. So, you know, for us to really flip the lid there and get him to talk yeah. him into coming to us, we've, he could have easily gone into a, a, an established Portuguese speaking, regular premiership side mm, at the middle right. of the table for us to, you know, say to him, listen, yeah. we want you to come to us. You know, that that's, that's, a, that's a Philip in our cap, definitely. I totally agree with that, and that's why I wanted to focus on him first and why I think his signing being the first one, I think, can catapult for him to get these other signings, guys, of what we're talking about. You get a quality player, other players follow. So, Gordon, I want to get your thoughts on him being the first signing. Do you agree with me that his signing and what he does, but really the fact that he's a quality player for him, got him away from Wolves, that this is a positive sign? I, th- I think it's a, uh, as Rob sort of alluded to, then I think it's a it's a major coup for the club and for and for Mar- Marco Silva going forward because yeah you would have expected him just to have signed on the dotted line for Wolves and that's what I was expecting that and 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 being surrounded by his 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 fellow countrymen but to get him uh, and I only saw the first game uh, first half of the Benfica game um, and uh, when they were by far and about so. Yes, you're only seeing him trying to intercept, trying to get tackles in. But as Rob mentioned, the physique, when you've got Seri and Harrison Reed in the middle of the park and they're marking people from corners, my my heart was in my mouth every time because (laughs) you've got somebody that's just a bit smaller than me marking somebody who's six foot one, six foot two. Now, this this guy has got the physique. as I haven't seen the goal, but you've alluded to it, yep. the, the strike from outside the box. How many goals have we scored from outside the box in the last two seasons? Not many. Not, not many. And, mm-hmm. and we haven't even been hitting the target. So if we've got another option there, if it's mm-hmm. into Mitchell, into anybody in the box and there's laid back, 
if he continues to hit the, the the target, then it's another avenue that we look at rather than trying to score the perfect goal all the time against better defenders. So I think it's a it's a it's a massive signing for the club, and and yes, something like that, then you can speak to other players and exactly. talk to them about the players that you've signed. Exactly. I've I've seen uh, with regards to to Solomon, I saw one video, and yes, in videos you pick out the best bits. But sometimes that guy looks unstoppable and mm. he's got a good centre of gravity. He can beat players on a sixpence and, and that you want somebody different. And he is certainly going to be somebody different. Uh, whether we were speaking to him before uh, Paulinia signed, I don't know. But uh, with, with the quality that we mentioned, this guy is certainly one that's, that I think that the Fulham faithful are going to fall in love with this year mm. simply mm. because of the fact that He's going to get stuck in. He's going to be strong. He's going to be big, and he could well be a. a I noticed somebody put on the uh, your strap line. He could well be captain material. Absolutely. Cer- certainly, if you've got somebody like that in the team, then um, the only way is forward. I totally agree, and that's why I think that his signing is so important to what's going to happen next. And we've had a few more signings since mm-hmm. then. You know, again, some reported situations. We'll talk about that next, but. Rob, I'm going to go right back to you. Let's talk about Andres Pereira because, again, I've heard mixed reviews on him, his time at Manchester United, his time's on loan. I've heard him be called the uh, preseason Pirlo. I think fans have heard that. But what I've seen so far has been good. Now, again, these are friendlies, but I think that uh, he's going to have a significant role. And the fact that he has started against Benfica Fika now in this match tells me that he's, I could be wrong here. I think he's going to be very important to what Silva wants to do. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah most definitely. And, and and like you, over the years, wherever he's been, Manchester United and previous clubs, he's, he's flitted in and out and yeah. showed flashes of brilliance and flashes of petulance and, mm-hmm. uh, and inconsistency. Um, as I say again, live last week, even without the ball, he was his worth, his work ethic was brilliant. You know, he was closing down, trying to work, even when they didn't have the ball against Benfica. So, I mean, yeah, I did. The, I didn't see today's game, so I can't comment on today. But I think potentially uh, in amongst Bellini, I think he's he's going to give us a different dimension. Um, yeah. And and as long as he stays true to how Marco wants him to play in what sort of position, whether it's a an eight or a 10 role. Right. Um, I, I think he, he's going to bring a, a different attribute to how we play. And I think he's got goals in his locker, you yeah. know? So again, if we, we need more goals from midfield, which we haven't had for, for many, many seasons, we lie on Metro too much. And in this season, we're not going to be able to do that. We need goals from all areas of the park, both center house. We've discussed earlier. I think you, you, you two out your three central midfield players, should be getting five to ten between them at least uh, each. You know, it's different in the Premiership, obviously. But, you know, I, I think he's got potential to to bring that to the table. So, again, I, I like the look of him, of what I've seen in, in very, very short time. I've seen him in the past play for United and thought on his day he looks good, but on his, another day, a bit like a Pogba, looks brilliant one day yep. and then looks like a, you know, a, a bad apple another day. But... Not that the, the Pereira was, but you know, in the concept of you know his attitude might change. But um, no, I, I'm confident he's gonna he's gonna bring something else to the table. Okay, now he has a different skill set 
than Fabio Carvalho. I'm not saying he's going to replace that. Like you said, he might play a different role from match to match and the way Silva wants him to play, but can he replicate a little bit of what Carvalho did, Rob? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think he's got it in his locker, as I say. I think he can play just in behind there. And I think if Marco asked him to sit in front of Bellino as the as the two mm-hmm. and, and just ferry around, I think he's he's got it in his locker to do the the hard graft. You know, he's not he's not frightened to do the hard work. But okay. I think he's got quality enough to play in that 10 role behind Mitro. Um, if we've got Solomon wide and, and, and Harry wide, you know, we've got we're, we're, we're looking at different options, hopefully another mm-hmm. two or three players, and we've got even extended options. But you know, mm-hmm. it, the, the, it's gonna be as we all know, we're going to have plenty of games where we're not going to have the ball. So right. when we're without the ball, that's where we're going to be our most vulnerable, how we shape up, how we, you know, stick to our game plan and don't break the the, the systems down and then playing in between the lines. And again, when we play the top, the bottom six or the middle six, that's when I think Pereira and, uh, and other sort of forward-minded players could come to the table and get us that goal start that we need to probably go on and get results, whether they're wins or draws. Okay, excellent. Gordon, your thoughts? I think sometimes a, a player just needs to feel loved. And I think with uh, Pereira, I think uh, Marcus Silva has probably uh, put his arm around him uh, and, and and sort of given him that confidence to that he's going to be playing week in, week out. Obviously, he's got to put the performances in. And as Rob said, uh, his work rate off the ball has been fantastic in the in the games that Rob saw. And and sometimes th- that's what a manager is looking for when, you, when he signs somebody, that they're going to go out and they're going to work hard without the ball. Right. Obviously, he's got the quality. Um, it's just he needs, I think, a club to say, this is the club that, that fits everything that you've got you are going to be playing week in, week out. You are going to be one of my players that will help keep us up this year and just build that player up. I think sometimes when you've got a player and he goes to a club like Man United, the the pressure sometimes is too much and they go out and try to impress. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it doesn't work at a, at a big club like Man United, then uh, the, the, the crowd can easily jump on your back. With Fulham, I don't if if he's seen to be trying and it's not working for him, the crowd won't get on his back. The crowd will still uh, be behind him right. and giving him that support. And I think I think sometimes we don't put enough um, uh, positions of importance on the on the crowd because the crowd can destroy a player in a very short space of time. Right. But if that player is trying to give his all and they get the support of the crowd, then you, you start sort of uh, seeing the best from that player. And he's obviously got the quality. He just now needs to find a place where he feels loved. And I think that's probably going to be at Fulham. Otherwise, he certainly wouldn't have come to Fulham from Manchester United just to just to get a game every week. Right. Good stuff there. Over to you, Emilio. Your thoughts about Andres Pereira? This is actually an opportunity for him. He might have a point to prove here. This might be the right situation. Sometimes you need to have a place that, as Gordon says, opens their arms to you and gives you that chance again. So maybe this is going to work out. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he potentially could be one of the bargain buys of the season, to be honest, if it all works out. And I think 
you know, I was speaking to Steve Reynolds yesterday. I still I saw him in Man United playing out out left quite often. So again, he's a bit of flexibility there. You know, you got you know Ronin playing just you know, sitting in behind Mitrovic. I still see him having a role on the left. I know Salomon's probably that's where his strengths are, but right. the team needs to rotate. You know, I want to see you know see a little bit more diversity in the team, mix it up a little bit more. He's definitely got goals in his tank, and I think that's quite key. Um, I know he's 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 got a bit of attitude that comes with confidence. So I think he's got more chance to succeed. Here, like like Gordon said, then at Man United, a smaller pitch, he's got more to more. To, I think he could be a bargain bargain buy for us, and I think the set pieces we've seen from today as well. You know, he's got that in his tank. So this guy offers a lot, a lot to a lot for the club, and I, I'm quite excited about him to be honest. And I think he's a quality player. I know maybe if you're comparing him directly to Cavalier, maybe is it an upgrade? Possibly not. But as a squad, going back to your earlier question, Russ, we've bought a quality player there who's got international experience played in the Premier League, and that's important as well. We need, ideally, some of these other players that we're trying to buy. I'd like to see a bit more Premier League experience as well come to the table, rather than get all external players, because then there's a bit of an unknown there as well. So good good signing and a quality, quality players, an upgrade to what we've got in terms of the squad. And, you know, so far, so good from what we've seen. I think, it's quite, I think fans are quite excited. But I think you did a poll a few weeks ago, Russ, when we did... Uh, when we signed him, it was just, if I recall, it was a little bit mixed. The views, yes, yes. When he was, the opinion was a bit divided. I was actually very a little bit pro little for bit. him. So, um, so yeah, let's see. So far, so good, and hopefully, he takes that forward when he plays. Um, he will be a starting eleven player. I think that's. I think that's. I think we all recognize that. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, now this is not official. We could do a whole show on Manor Solomon. We could do a complete show of this saga. Okay, we're not going to do that because. Mm. Again, we've been uh, doing the show for over an hour. It's been fantastic, but I just want to talk about the player. As Gordon said, we've seen YouTube videos, and uh, they only show the best parts. I've actually been messaging with uh, a journalist in Israel who's told me a little bit about him, the type of person he is. He's a quality person. And uh, this uh, journalist believes that he could be a good fit for Fulham, that, again, he's ready for the Premier League. So, Rob, I'll go to you. Yeah. Again, your thoughts yeah. on I mean, Solomon. I, like, like us all, I, I've only seen whatever investigation on YouTube or, or, or on Twitter or little glimpses I've seen of him. But, um, you know, his pedigree seems to be there. He's young, he's quick, he's direct. Um, you know, and he's, he, he's obviously coming, he's coming to a club that's going to, you know, give him plenty of the ball, hopefully, when we're against teams when we, we are going to have a fair percentage of the ball. So, you know, I'm sure Mitro will be in his ear from the first day saying to him, listen, <laughs> when you get down that wing, just get it in the box. That's all your job is, you know. You don't have to keep cutting back on your left, on your right, and then Mitro never know when it's coming in. He'll, he'll probably work at a system saying, listen, just put it in the, the area that you know I'll make the runs. And then I'll make you, you'll be a good assist for me this season. So, yeah, I, as I say, I'd hold my hands up and not seen a great deal of him. Once he, he's obviously been training behind the scenes, allegedly. Right. But, um, you know, he comes with a little bit of pedigree from where he's played at. So, again, a young kid coming to London could go either way. Could You know, he could be overawed. He could, it, the Premier League could be too much for him. You know, or he could just come and to take it by a storm. So you know, who knows? We, you know, we're we're a little bit in the unknown as as the transfer fees being a bit of the unknown uh, and the saga of of, of mm. yes, yes, is it on off off? So, but yeah, it'd be nice to get it over the line officially on the first of August. Okay, excellent stuff. 
Over to you, Gordon. Now, what's interesting about this player, and I know that you've already mentioned, like yeah. all of us, we've watched videos, but I want to talk about his situation. It's very unusual. So I want to get your thoughts on this. He's been training with the club, but he won't play in a friendly. So yeah. can he start the beginning of the season with full? I mean, I'm talking about have his fitness ready to go and be really an integral part, or is this a player we should be waiting a little bit maybe a few matches in before we see him starting. I'm curious your thoughts on this because he can't officially be announced, it sounds like, until August the 1st, and he can't play in any friendly. So how much of a problem would that be for him getting up to speed? Um, It'll be a little bit of a problem because it doesn't matter how you you train, how many, uh, if we class it in our days, first team against reserves, games that you have behind closed doors, it's still never the same as as getting out there and playing in a, a, a shall we say, a, a match sort of situation game. So um, I, I can probably see him being on the bench for the first few games, but certainly, certainly coming on if we need to get our teams, because it's obviously the, the as I mentioned earlier, the, the quality is there, right? Uh, and, and as Rob said, it's it's a situation that he's he's good on the ball. He's, he's got quick feet. He can beat people. And and when you've got somebody who can beat the first man, then it gives other defenders the problem. They've got to come across and they've got to sort of leave their man to come across and, and, and cover. So we, we haven't really um, had someone like that. Kibano did it uh, on, on, on occasions last right. year. Harry Wilson every now and again. But generally, we're a team who sort of will cut inside and the, the fullbacks will go wide and the fullbacks are getting the crosses in. Uh, yes, Carvalho, uh, Fabio, uh, when he turned in midfield, he could take somebody out and then his pace would get him past uh, or past that player onto the next defender. So he's, he's a, a similar player. And I think at times... Uh, when we played, sometimes you you you, you use the phrase, he's a player who beats socks because he keeps his head down and he'll beat. And as long as it's not the same colour socks as he's wearing, he, he'll he'll beat them. But if he does that, he's he's obviously got the quality, so he does get yeah. his head up. But he's got the ability, to, I think, to open doors. And as as Rob mentioned, if he can beat someone down the down the side. It'll and he can put crosses in. A Mitrovic will will thrive on that, but it might give other other people and other attacking midfield players uh, a bit more space if he's sort of occupying one or two defenders. So right. um, I, I, I think I, that he was fitting very very well. But but it's yeah. going to be I think uh, because he can't play, he's only training. Then I think he's going to be on the bench for the right. first three, four, five games of the season. But coming on with 30 minutes, 20 minutes left. Yeah. That yeah. might not be so bad. Your thoughts yeah. about this, Amelia? Just before yeah. we go there, oh. Amelia, I just hope he don't be like a Luckman. You know what I mean? Remember when Luckman uh, yeah. came? Yeah. I think he's going to be, what I see in him, only in the okay. bit. I just hope he's not one of them that flashes yeah. his sleeve and you never know when the cross is coming in and it's a dummy mm. and another dummy. And you know what I mean? I just don't want him to be a Luckman type. Okay. You know what I mean? Rob, but, by the way, have you seen that form now have been linked? To add them all. Oh, again. No. Oh, yes. Again. Oh, yes. Today. Today. Today, they've been linked no. to Lookman because uh, Leipzig want to sell and no. former one of the teams reportedly interested in him. 
Just throw well, just letting you know. Again, under a underachieved for us to be honest. There were game of we saw some good we saw some good moments there with him. We have, he was predictable, wasn't he? At the, for, you know, for a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. But I think the key thing we haven't mentioned here today is although we've only signed three signings and put Mbappé to one side for a moment, yeah. these are all Silver's voices being heard. I know he wants more That's signing, a great point. But these are all if you actually none of us know much about Palinia before he signed. None of us know much about Solomon until we watch YouTube videos. What are we seeing there? Very Marco Silva type players. So clearly, his voice is, is being listened right. to. The only taking him into consideration, unlike a couple of years when Barker got promoted, Barker had no say in any of those transfers. Silver yeah. is. And the so same, again, the same with Slav. Slav. Slav didn't have any on, on oh, deadline day. Yeah. No yeah. Zero input. So that's a positive. So I think if the owners are sort of we're learning from our mistakes, one thing is play to your manager's wishes. Play, you know, by the players that he's demanding, and again, that maybe that's one of the reasons why we're not act, as active in some of these standings because Silver still hasn't found the type of player or the exact player he wants. And what we don't want is panic buys here, like we've right. done in previous signings. You know, let's avoid those panic buys. But we've got three good players who fit the bill for Silver, and you know, get another goalkeeper, like we've said. And Mbappu is quick from what I've seen as well, so exactly he'll keep, he'll keep Tete on his toes, and maybe. There's no guarantee Tete will be the starting starting right back, to be honest. That's no guarantee. Well, so you're again, beating me to the punch, Emilio. That was going to be how we ended the show. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. It's, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, but the key thing here is it's, it's, I'm glad the owners are sort of listening to Marco Silva, the type of player they wants, which is going back to your point, it's quality rather than quantity. Right, exactly. And, Rob, let's stick on this. And I know we're running a little bit late, but this is a great topic that Emilio has brought to us. The influence of Marco Silva, I've – been talking a little bit on this on Twitter. I think it's pretty self-evident that he's very involved in this. Mm -hmm. And you had already mentioned there's no way. Slavisa wasn't that involved. Parker maybe was a little bit more involved. I think Silva's very involved, Rob. And I think that's very important. Yeah, uh, most definitely. He's definitely calling the tunes on what players he wants. Um, and And that may be the problem why some of the delays in some of the targets he's been after. Um, yes, the transfer fee or the the wages might come into it, or I'm sure I'm sure these three were on his his priority list, and they've got right. him. And there will be the other three, or the fourth one, obviously tomorrow if it if it comes off. Uh, and and the keeper and 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 the centre half that we're all hoping for. I'm sure he's had a priority list of one, two, and three, and you know he might have gone from one to two. He, you know, again when Leno's. Fee keeps going. Arsenal are messing us about. He'll he'll pull the plug. I know we've been linked with Rico in the last day or two uh, from from PSG, but um, centre half seems to have gone a bit flat this last sort of week or so in yep. terms of the the listings of who we're after. But yeah, it's uh, it's nice that Marco's having an input because at the end of the day, his job's on the line if he don't get it right. You know what I mean? Whereas previously, right. Slav and, and Parker didn't have no say because it was built on the. The stats of how what players we were signing, mm. and it was obviously Tony Khan Jr. that was signing them. So you know, it's good that he's um, you know he's standing up to the board and saying, "No, these are the players I want." You know, if you can get them, go and get them. That's my number one target. Let's just see if we can get them. So yeah, um, you know, it's going to be good that um, he's putting his head on the block really to say, "So I'll stand by my signings." Well, that's mm. a good point, and Gordon, I'll go to you because. What I wanted to just feed off this, and then we'll talk about Mbabu to end the show, is what Rob was talking about with Marco Silva. My first thought was he's involved. 
And that tells me he's probably going to be there the entire season. Or, again, going off a little bit what Rob says, does this put more pressure on Silva to win early? Because uh, these are going to be his players. Does this, again, maybe set things up that if it doesn't work, then the Cons can point to Silva? So what are your thoughts on this? It's actually a very interesting point. I think they're all in on Silva, but... Could this also put even more pressure on Marco Silva? I, I think I think you've you've got to, uh, no matter where you are in 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 the in the club, you've got to help the manager get the players in that he wants because right. he knows the way that he wants to play. Exactly. He's obviously looked at players that will fit into a system of play that that he's happy with, and if you've got a director of uh, operations that is going out, and Rob mentioned it. Uh, and it, it's 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 a stupid thing in my 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 idea of things, going on stats to to buy players. The first thing that you've got to look at, um, and and Rob mentioned when he was watching the Benfica game, he's looking at players when they haven't got the ball. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He's looking at players' attitude when they, if they work hard and they're just chasing back and forth, but they're doing it for the team. That stats don't measure that. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, there's not a stat uh, in 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 anybody's uh, uh, computer that says this player has got the right attitude. And sometimes that's that's what you need. A, when you get promoted, you need people that are going to come in who have got the attitude of working not only for themselves but working for the club, working for your teammates, and and you you start building up a team spirit. But Marco has, has got to be involved in that. Otherwise, I, I used to use a, a, a stupid analogy because Lionel Messi's statistics are off the chart. And we were obviously offered Le- a chance to sign Lionel Messi because our, our, our two wide men a couple of seasons ago were coming inside and playing the ball into tight areas. That's where Messi sort of um, is, uh, is, is brilliant. But as soon as we signed Messi... The two wingers start getting down the byline and putting crosses into the far post. And Lionel Messi, who's five foot and a fart, he's in the six yard box do, doing this for 90 minutes. So <laughs> you can buy the best player in the world, but if he doesn't fit into your style of play, then it's pointless having him. And that's where the, the yes, Marco could be putting his head on the block uh, by being involved and getting the players that he wants in. But that's going to be. 12, 15 games down the road of when teams generally look as though they want to change things or when clubs look as though they want to change things. And with the players that he's getting in and the players that we've got at the club, I just come back to that one word. I just feel as though we've got and we're getting uh, a lot of quality in. And I think that we're going to be fine this season, to be perfectly honest with you. And if Marco's got a list, as Rob said, He's going to have a list of three players. Go for him first. If we can't get him, go for the number two. If we can't get the number two, go for the number three. Um, but all those three players, yes, varying degrees of, of quality. But if he's got them on a short list, then they're not going to be bad players from a, a person who's, in a way, been there and done it. Okay. Before we go on any further, Steve Reynolds, if you're listening, do you hear what Gordon just said? We're going to be fine. Just, I just want to... Emphasize that. Okay. That's just a little thing between me and Steve Rounds. Thank you, Gordon. I really appreciate that. Okay. To finish up the show, let's talk about Kevin and Babu. Now, I did a poll, guys, 
a few days ago. And this is an interesting result because it's going to talk about the right back position with Kenny Tete. I'm very fond of Kenny Tete as a right back, but I'm going to share the results of this poll in just a second because I find them extremely revealing. And then we'll talk about him to end the show. So let me find my poll and I'm going to share that with you guys. And I'm just going to talk about it real quick. The poll was, if the reported move for right back Kevin Mbabu goes through, do you want him to be your starter? Yes, 54.2%. No, 45.8%. These are 288 votes. This was a few days ago. I find that fascinating. So over to you, Rob, your thoughts on the poll and Kevin Ababu. Do you want to see him at Fulman? Would you want this player to be your starter? How do you feel about Kenny Tete? This is interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Kenny. I mean, I think when he plays, he gives us enthusiasm. Uh, his defensive qualities in the championship, when with when he when he you know when he's defending as a proper right back defender, is very very good. I've not seen enough of of the uh, Mabu to, to to really think that you know he looks more more better attacking wise than than Kenny with. I think Kenny lacked that bit of quality to me. He always looked inside too often. He played okay. an easy pass, whether that was confidence or whatever, but he wasn't a, a typical marauding right back in my eyes. Obviously we're going into the premiership and we are going to be defending a lot. So I think there'll be games where Kevin will play and there'll be games where Kenny will play. I think <laughs> yeah. it'll be it'll be on a game to game situation. And I think Marco will use that wisely to use uh you know, use his speed and attacking prowess uh, as opposed to Kenny's a little bit more defensive-minded and will probably sit in as a back four. And it'll be no different on the other side. You know, we all know what Anton Robinson's like. Fantastic right. in terms of going forward. But how many opportunities is he going to have to, in terms of, when I say fantastic, I mean in terms of his speed, not his quality, because I think his quality in his final ball is 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 appalling sometimes. And, yeah, and I agree you, with that. You really have to have a lot of patience to keep, persisting and sticking with him. Um, so again, you know, I think it will be game to game. And I think um, I think we are going to see a rotation of our fullbacks this season quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, very interesting. Over to you, Emilio. Your thoughts about the signing? Reported yeah. signing. Yeah, reported signing. Um, again, from what I've seen, quick, pacey, a bit like Williams in respect, you know, that, you know, better going forward, but Head to head, you know, Premier League is a different ballgame. This is not the championship next season. For me, it's about keeping your, keeping yourself tight in defence and having those moments when you can break forward. That's why I think Tete, Tete, from what I've got, sure, I've got confidence in Tete. I think he's a good defender, makes less mistakes. And then in the Premier League, you can't afford to make one mistake, let alone two or three. And that, it's more important about keeping it tight at the back rather than going out, you know, going out 100 miles an hour and trying to, you know, trying to support your your attacking play and then got get caught, you know, get caught out with no defensive cover there. So for me, I think Tete, will, I think, will, will start initially. But I agree with Rob. There's probably going to be quite a bit of rotation in those fullback positions um, this season. But again, it's all about creating depth in the squad, isn't it? You know, right. be, we always keep saying having two good players for every position. And, you know, clearly we've got... Two good right backs, potentially another one coming in tomorrow. And now we need to sort out our left backs and also our central defensive for me. Well, but I still think they need a left back. We really haven't talked about that. And I'm yeah. glad that Rob was talking a little bit about Anthony Robinson and mm. nothing against him, 
But Rob just nailed why I have my issues with Anthony Robinson. I think he has all the pace in the world. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he has the quality moving forward and his crossing ability, I think is appalling. I really do that. I want an upgrade at the left back position. We're not really, we haven't talked that much about that, but I think that's important and nothing against Joe Bryan. I don't know if he's up for the premier league. So that's an issue of need too. Yeah, we really yeah. haven't talked about left back, but it's all about, you know, we're going to be defending a lot more than attack. We are. You we need are. your strongest players in defense with the opportunity for them to push up, you know, and create, you know, right. Having some attacking power, right, but you have to have the quality Defense. Going forward to Emilio, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. why. Yeah, agree. But ultimately, we're going to be we're going to be we're going to have to absorb a hell of a lot of pressure next season from every every right. team. So clearly, if you're going to have you know, or, that's why I think Williams we bought you know paying 17, 18 million for him because you know we saw a very good attacking play there. Defensively, wasn't consistent for me. Wasn't consistent. Okay. Wasn't. I think, Mar- I, think Mar- I think Marco told Nico as well. He dropped him for the Bournemouth game. He told him he. His defensive the previous week was wasn't well, up to, up well, to there you go. Yeah. Well, that's good. Right. That's good. Over to you, Gordon. I'll give you final word on this. And again, guys, thank you so much. We went way over. We're almost on a, an hour and a half of this show. So thank you. I, Gordon. I'm, I'm missing Love Island here, Russ. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. You know, I know how everyone loves Love Island. I was actually watching Love Island USA. I can't believe I'm admitting that. But I watched that this morning. All right, Gordon, over to you. Your thoughts on the reported signing of Kevin Ababu, and then we'll wrap up the show. Yeah, good player if he's come in, but I agree with Rob and Emilio. Um, You've you've got to be strong defensively um, in the Premier League, and um, it's it's both flanks where I think we've got to be uh, much better this season uh, than, than we have been in, in the championship because at the start, Emilio was a bit annoyed that we didn't get promoted or get the championship and rebelt earlier. And we right. could have got promoted yeah. and been champions with maybe five or six games left. Um, but we sort of wandered into that sort of uh, uh, championship uh, winning game in, uh, in against Luton. So it, it's a situation that I think Tete will start Okay. Um, and I think um, it, he's probably going to be better defensively than uh, Mbabu. Um, and although we've mentioned the the other side, and both you and um, um, Rob have said that, that um, Robinson's final ball is appalling. Oh. And, for, and for an international player, and it, and and I, when I said this at the end of the season to someone, they said, "Yeah, but it, but he's he's only an American international." And I said, it doesn't matter who he's playing for. He's an international player. He's and still he's an international to... player. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry, Rob. Yeah. So, you, so you've got to you've got to work on you've got to work on your final ball. And he he gives the ball away so so much with um, with 10, 15 yard balls cutting across the pitch. Um, and his final ball, yes, unfortunately, I've got to use the word as well, is appalling. And, yeah. and yeah. when you get in that position and you're you're in that final third, then that is what uh, you should be practicing week in, week out, day yeah. in, day out. Um, and yes, Mbabu, great, great going forward, but I would rely more defensively on on Tete at the beginning of the season. And I think yes, the 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 guys are, are right when they think we've got to have a bigger squad. There's going to be rotation. Right. And you might find that Tete is playing against uh, the, perhaps the, the, the better teams 
yeah. when he, we need to be defensively, and and Babu could be playing against right, right. the teams yeah. that we need to to win to uh, in that middle section of the of the league. So, uh, good signing, but uh, we're still looking for uh, a centre back, a goalkeeper, and a centre forward. I yeah. I totally agree, and I'm going to just say it as well: a left back. Okay, they need a left <laughs> back. Okay, With quality the, left back. Quality left back, because again. Nothing against Joe Bryan. And it's funny because I get crucified by some Americans over here for my thoughts on Anthony Robinson. And I said, listen, I watch him so often. And they're like, why aren't you backing him for the U.S. men's national team? I said, I'm, it's not that I'm not backing him. It's just like he's not good enough for Fulham. So I'm sorry. He just, again, I've watched too much. I, I've seen too much. And that's why I, I can be a little bit more critical of Anthony Robinson because I think Fulham need an upgrade. There. Anyways. We could do another hour, guys. And this goes back about the squad, isn't it, Russ? You know, how many players have we still got in our books have been promoted three times and been relegated twice? Yeah. That's, that, that's clearly where we need to improve, right? We've still got players in that squad. As much as we love them, they've done the duty for the club. Yeah. They're not good enough to be playing, even on the bench. So, again, yeah. we need to start transitioning that team. And like I said, too many players have been have been in three, I say three times promoted. Right. Twice right. And listen, Giannis just chimed in here. Joe Bryan will always be a Fulham legend. Yes, he will. He will, be. He, yeah. he will. But you know what? It's time to move on, Giannis. I think He's it's not, time to not move on. Enough, as... mate. Not good enough. Not good okay. enough. Okay. I, I think it's time to move on. Anyways, <laughs> let's wrap this up because uh, Rob needs to watch Love Island. So we need to wrap up the show. So, Rob, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, no, very good. No, it's always enjoyable with you four, uh, you well, three, sorry. So much. Uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, there's, always, there's something in the background. Uh, but no, it's 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 exciting. We're two weeks away from the first game, and yeah. I'm sure the coming season we're going to have many a show where we'll all be pulling our air out. We'll all be saying what a great performance is. So I think from, from week on to week on, the shows are going to vary. It's going right. to... I, I, I'm confident. We all, we all know at the end of last season, we're a... The foundations are better this time round than they were mm. the previous two. Uh, even though we both or all admit that we all think we need six new starters, I right. still think the foundations there of the squad that we finished the end of last season with, albeit some have got pushed to the to, to the back of the queue, I still think the current foundations are there. And I think the philosophy of Marco and how he wants to play, as you know, we're twelve months further on in in his um, his ambition to to make us a, an established. Uh, Premiership side. Okay, excellent stuff. Gordon, as always, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great show, and I always love the banter between you and Emilio. It always puts a big smile on my face, so thank you. Well, the good thing, you know, it also puts a smile on Emilio's face as well, so... <laughs> But then, then again, he's going to be smiling at the moment because we haven't started the season and uh, we're not slaughtering 10 of the 11 players that started against Liverpool yet. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But well, alpha, alpha, alphabetically, we're in the middle of the table because we're all yeah, on the Exactly. <laughs> exactly, so it, exactly. It's, it's, it's good to, uh, to, to see you, all three of you, yeah. and uh, talk again. And I'm sure oh. we're going to have uh, one hell of a season in front of us. Oh, it, listen, it's been... Great. I love doing the show with you guys. It's been so much fun. Of course, all my co-hosts, I want to mention Giannis, who's been chiming in. He's going to be joining me very soon. Uh, I can already tell you uh, we're going to be doing a show after the Villarreal match, and Giannis has already said he's going to be joining us. I'll try to get Max involved as well, and hopefully some special shows to go along with that. Emilio, as always, thank you so much for doing this. 
No, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to do the, well, all of us four together. Great show, yeah. great banter, great debate. You know, fingernails are starting to be bitter, but yeah, we'll, you know, still got two more <laughs> weeks. Anyway, I'm not here for the Liverpool game. I've got a, I've yep. got a fight. I'm, I'm, I'm away that week, that week, but I'll be back okay. uh, for the Brentford game. So yeah, look forward to seeing you guys next season. Okay, excellent stuff. All right. Well, we do have to wrap the, the show. This has been great to do. And also, want to last mention, please do subscribe to Cottage Talk on YouTube. You can watch this live along with others. We ha- now have way over 500 subscribers, but it should be much higher than that. So thank you, everyone, that subscribed. If you haven't, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. All right, let's wrap this up. For Emilio Donnell, Rob Wilson, and Gordon Davis, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.